Hey there, Kelly here, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am honored to have you here. If you're looking for tips, habit shifts, and shortcuts to fitness consistency and the freedom that feeling great brings, you're in the right place. As the fitness consistency coach with a touch of adventure, I've been helping smart, busy women embrace fitness and long-term freedom for over 20 years. I am so glad you're here. So today I want to introduce you to a dear friend, a client, and a superwoman who I've had the opportunity to work with for a while. And I'm going to let Kay share her story, but I just want to preface this by saying that one thing that I can say for Kay is that this story is going to take place over a little bit of time. And Kay has been willing to take the journey and stick to the journey and make changes as she needs to. So, Kay, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. And Delighted to be asked. This is fun for me. Cool. Cool. Not everybody, every, not everybody says, oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I know. I like these kinds of things. So tell us, tell everybody a little bit. I know you said that before we started recording that you had a couple of turning points in what's been going on. But do you want to preface it by where you were prior to that first turning point or? Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, so basically um, I have been unhappy with my uh, body and my daily routines off and on for, you know, 30 years. And um, I always excused it because I was a mom uh, raising three kids and had a pretty busy and stressful career. And so I just always said someday, you know, I will do that. And I was, and I'm a nurse and I was a nursing leader and I prioritized everything above my self-care. Um, even though as a nurse, I knew it was important. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, and so there's been a, a, a journey, but about seven years ago, I retired you know, at age 65, I retired. And at that point, really, the project that I had was me. But just like everybody else, COVID happened. Uh, people in my family developed illnesses, needed help. New people were born into the family. I took on lots of volunteer things. And I began to deprioritize my self-care again. So um, in November... You had a girls weekend, a girls active weekend in Central Texas at a really nice ranch. And we stayed there for several days, about five or six days we stayed there. And as I was there with all these other women, all who are trying to prioritize their health and being successful to different degrees, you know, we ate meals, we shared meals, we had a good time and we hiked a lot. Um, and I realized as I was sitting there and people were taking pictures of the group that I had gained a lot of weight. I did not like these pictures. And um, and you said something about, at some point in the weekend, you said something about in July, a lot of us were working in July, we should all get together and take a new picture. And you even mentioned, because I think I said something about, I'm not totally loving these pictures. You said something, well, I remember a time not that long ago when you you did like your picture, you know, because I was going through a phase where I was getting my weight down. 
And I just started realizing that as we walked, I, I was, you know, I bike, but I was realizing I was getting tired that my weight was uh, the thing to carry around and it was slowing me down. So I came out of that weekend just being more honest about uh, I didn't feel ready for the weekend. I didn't feel prepared. I didn't feel the physical part prepared. And I started thinking that I need to do something. And within a week, I had started tracking food again. I started doing that and trying to get honest with, I started weighing. I had avoided the scale. I really didn't even know what I weighed. And when I weighed, I realized I was about 20 pounds up from a year ago. And um, so I, I decided I want to get hold of this. I just spent the weekend with Kelly. I know I can get more involved. I had fit with fit, fit as freedom, but I wasn't, you know, following it as closely as I could. And I decided to do it, but I didn't join the accelerator program until that following, um, I guess it was February, early February. And, you know, I'd heard a little bit about it at the weekend. And so, you know, my, I am really, um, I've realized that a major fault of mine is that I really think I should be able to do everything alone without help, except maybe from reading a book. And uh, I think I know everything, you know, I know everything. It's just a matter of doing it. So what I've learned, um, so I did start losing weight. And by the time I started in February, I think I'd lost about 10 pounds. And then in February, I started working with you. And then you introduced me to Stefan, the trainer, an online trainer. And I started working with the two of you. And then that's, it really did accelerate things. And I think for me, the difference was, I started not discounting everybody else. You know, I started, I started not just putting all the focus on me and I should be able to figure this out. And so I think that's when it really changed was that I, I started saying, okay, I'm, Kelly's in great shape. She's enjoying life. Uh, she's a great connector. She's helped me along the way with different, like you'd help me think about myself becoming a cyclist, which was one part of me starting to get to where I am now, you know, and then, and, and she applies it to her life and she's not pretentious about it. She's outdoorsy, all the things I would like to be. And so I'm going to listen to her some, you know, I mean, I'm going to actually listen, even if it doesn't make immediate sense to me. And then same with Stefan, I was thinking to train her, you know, well, I, I can read a book and figure out what eight exercises to do and that kind of stuff. Um, but then I really learned that we all have, um, shadow selves. We have places that we don't see, you know, we don't see ourselves. We could see it in another person, but we can't see it in ourselves. And I just started trying to develop a little bit more, uh, humility, you know, about what I know and what I don't know and more openness to learning. And it made a big difference. So with you specifically, um, one of the big things was I knew sleep was important. You know, I knew that sleep was important and I thought I was a terrible sleeper. I worried a lot about my lack of sleep. And you just started brainstorming with me about ideas about what was my schedule like for sleeping and how could I improve it? And you started giving concrete examples of things that I could do. And, you know, right now uh, I look at my last seven days of sleeping wearing this Fitbit watch where it shows not only the amount of sleep, but the time you were awake and what your REM sleep was in your deep sleep. And I had 
you know, for the last what, seven days, I had three that were in the excellent to like, you know, 90, which is great. And I had the other, except for like, I had two that were fair and the rest were good. Well, I, that wasn't the way it started. When it started, you know, I was never getting beyond fair and I was having some poor sleep nights. So I'm getting better at that. I mean, it's like such a relief to not be thinking, oh, but my body is not repairing itself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die from lack of sleep. <laughs> so, um, so I, I think I'm a pretty decent sleeper now. And I've learned that one of the things about wearing the watch is you see, you have natural patterns in your sleep. And in the past, when I would wake up, I would panic and I would either get out of bed or I'd start, you know, just worrying about how my this get is back waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah, or several okay. times. And now I just go, that's my natural pattern. I do have wake ups in the night, but I get to sleep pretty fast. And I overestimate, you know, how um, much I'm awake. And I really get to sleep much faster than I thought. And I really, when I think I'm not sleeping, a lot of times I'm dreaming, you know, and that dream is so real that it feels sometimes like I'm awake, but it's really a dream. So I think I've really improved on my sleeping. I think and one of the things you had me do is get this uh, red light that you wear on your head, like a headlight. And so that if you do have to get up to go to the bathroom at night, instead of turning on the light and waking up, you, you know, or if you do need to look at something on your phone, like to turn on the Calm app and listen to a story, you've got this red light. So the light is not waking you up. Um, and then getting the routine, I, you talked about setting a, a, a regular bedtime. And I realized I'm a morning person, so I'm going to wake up early. So I have to set up, uh, you know, a, a decent bedtime of probably around 930, you know, yeah. which seems too early to me to go to bed. But it really gives, it allows me to get this sleep that I need. So that was a big thing. That's, you know, it's funny. I remember you saying, oh, I'm just a bad sleeper. Uh-huh. I and and I'm like, well, tell me about it. And then you say, well, you know, I wake up at three and then I just get up. And I'm like, why would you get up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now because I had gotten some bad advice. A lot of people tell you to get up. Yeah. You know, but it's bad advice. It is. You yeah. get up. It's hard to get back down, you know. So. It, it's true. I whenever and I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, if you can't go to sleep, if you can't fall back to sleep, just get up. And the truth is, is exactly what you said. You're really not awake that long. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, you're just not awake that long. Mm -hmm. And now you're getting like scores of excellent. Mm -hmm. Most people don't get, which right. is super cool. And you're exactly right because you're you're getting the deep sleep and the rim that's rebuilding your body for all the things that you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, I know this cancer researcher and he's a famous uh, cancer prevention doctor and he got cancer and I ran into him and in the gym and we're friends and, um, and he's doing extremely well right now. You know, he's, he's good. just acing his recovery. But um, I said, so how does that, how's that happening? Do you think, what are you, what are you thinking about it? And he said, well, I did all those things you're supposed to do my whole life. I ate right. I moved right. I had a higher purpose in life. I had social connections. But he said, you can't choose to leave one out. And he said, what I left out was sleep. And he said, I didn't sleep. He said, I was constantly doing new research, thinking new ideas, writing books. And he said, I was getting, you know, maybe three and a half, four hours of sleep a night for years. And so he said, so now you see me. He said, do you think you would have seen me at the gym at nine o'clock in the morning 
uh, or before this is no, because I would have gotten up and been at the gym at five, deprioritizing sleep. But now I sleep and then I still know I need to go to the gym. And then this is just my, I've changed my priorities and I'm fixing this. So wow. I heard that story and I was, you know, impacted by it, but I didn't know what to do about it. So now I feel like I can do something. About it. Wow. Well, congratulations. Like, yes, sleep is huge. Yes. All the exercise, like you've, you've got a pretty, um, a serious schedule that you put together for your exercise. You're doing right. resistance three times a week. You're doing cardio several times a week, I think. Right. And you're doing mobility. Right. Um, what was different? When yeah. So I was mostly doing cardio before. Yeah. Um, between that ranch weekend, I had gotten into a pretty good cardio routine. But what I was not doing, I was doing almost no resistance training at all. I was doing no stretching at all. So I was really only doing cardio. Yeah. And that then you started talking to me and the trainer both first you and then the trainer started to me talking about what happens to aging bodies, what they call sarcopenia when you start losing percentage of muscle every year until you don't have enough muscle. And, um, I was very resistant to starting the increasing my protein because I was afraid it was going to hurt my lipids. I was afraid it was going to hurt my cholesterol levels. And, um, and I hadn't read any, the, the amounts that y'all are talking about, I hadn't heard recommended, but I thought, well, look at both of you seem to be, you know, committed to this and, and doing well. And you started talking to me on how I could do it. And I remember saying, well, I'll tell you what, I'll try it. I have an, an annual physical in June. I'll look at my lipids and I'll see what's happened. And they're good. I'll keep doing it. If they've gone up, we'll have to have another conversation about it, you know? So when I went in in June, uh, my bad cholesterol had gone down. My good cholesterol had gone up. That, that ratio had improved and my triglycerides were way down. Wow. And, um, my overall cholesterol was 203. I think 200 is kind of where they do things. But she said, I'm not the least bit worried about that because your ratio is so good. Your HDL is high. Your triglycerides are low. And yes, your LDL is a little bit high, but it's going down. She said, when I do your risk, you're at almost no risk for any kind of cardiac event at all. So uh, she said, just good work. Keep it up. And I said, well, you know, I increased my, I told her what I was doing with the protein. And she said, you know, I would have said no to that 10 years ago, but now I think that's exactly what you should be doing. Just keep it up, you know, so. Wow. Congratulations. Those are great numbers too. Isn't that exciting? I mean, it's always so cool when, well, you're, let me rephrase this. You are somebody that I love working with because you're willing to look at data and not everybody does, right? Like the fact that the first thing you did in back in November was start tracking. <laughs> when I say you need to track something, people are like, I'm not tracking anything, but you're yeah. tracking. So now you've got the data that actually shows what works and what doesn't. So, and then you go yeah. in and get the blood work done. You get a DEXA scan done. That's huge. Except you're overestimating my love of data. I love data in other people. <laughs> I love data in myself. So uh, I had been avoiding stepping on a scale. I was putting off the doctor. I had, you know, instead of going every year, it had been almost two years since I had been. Because I wasn't doing what I knew I should do. And so I get very avoidant when I don't think I'm doing well. You know, I quit measuring my body. Um, so I like data once my mind gets bright as, you know. As when say. it starts showing good stuff. 
And you know what? Yeah. When I'm all avoiding, when I'm serious, you know. Yeah. But that's such a great point, too, that like once you made it, once you made a decision, once any of us make a decision and we're serious about it, Mm -hmm. like it's a decision that has power behind it, not a, oh, I wish it would happen. Right. And then, like, what is that saying? I mean, basically, mountains move. But the difference is I have really never worked with anybody except in an informal way. I've really never worked with a trainer seriously, or I did once, but it was someone who just, you know, went to the gym with you and kind of took over and told you what to do, but there was no dialogue about anything. It was just like, do these exercises. I had done Weight Watchers before, but I never really got into it. I really just wanted to do it at home. I really didn't want to go to the meetings. Um, I've always just like to do it myself. And so the big difference, and I, the reason I think I'm optimistic now, this is not just another blip, is that um, I am learning a lot from you guys. And so I, I don't think it's a blip anymore. And I, and I, I heard John Goodman, you know, John Goodman, the actor, he, um, from Roseanne, he lost 200 pounds in the last couple of years. He was up to 396 and now he's 200. Oh and he was about how he'd lose 60 pounds, 70 pounds, and then he'd go back up and go back down. And then he said, um, but in the end, success relied on maintaining consistency. And I think that's absolutely true. I just think you have to realize at this age, you cannot afford to not be consistent. There is no grace. So I'm 72. There is no grace at 72 related to your body, you know, and so you don't just ride on good muscle, you know, you have to do something to protect it or it, you will lose it. And he also said, I'm getting to the age where I can't sit still anymore. And what he meant was not like he's got jittery, but he can't afford to sit st- still anymore. Like being healthy relies on movement. So um, I think maintaining consistency, I do that better when someone's challenging me, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't, y'all are nice about how you challenge, you know, you're not <laughs> about it. <laughs> You're not rude. You try not to be mean. <laughs> you know, and sometimes you'll say, well, you try that for a while. <laughs> you, know, you go ahead and try that and see how that works for you. And let me know if you want to try something. Right? Else. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that's it's So those are also true, too, because I'm at, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I'm at the point where I can't sit still either. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I'm. Well, I'm a little hyper, but it's not just because I'm a little hyper. It's because muscle loss happens. It's uh-huh. because, you know, it accumulates and it accumulates quicker than we think it should. Uh-huh. Um, and it's sad because whether you've lived a healthy life or not, it there's that point there where it's it's the fork in the road. Uh-huh. And or you know, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use the line in the sand. I mean, it's just there and it's either, uh, it's either a take it right or things aren't going to work. I mean, and it's, it's funny that I have some, for some reason, uh, in the last few months, I've been exposed to a lot of different people who have chosen to not move and it, and they could be anywhere from 50 to 80. And it's shocking to me the difference. Mm-hmm. Like it's it just is. We are at a point in our lives, whether you're forty eight or sixty eight or whatever, we're at a point in our lives where we have to move, yeah. and we have to move right. You know, even all that long cardio, right? You know, I mean, I know it. 
I love that long cardio. I mean, it's, it's so much more fun, but it does wear us out. Right. Yeah. Right. It does. And so like now I recognize well, I was taking lots of rest days before, but now I, I, I've gone from being a little too sedentary to being, if anything, I'm a little too active. And so now I'm having to try to go, okay, I probably do need a rest day every, at least one rest day. So it's okay sometimes in a week to take two, you know? Oh yeah. And I, rest doesn't mean you sit on the couch all day long, but you know, it's not like actively trying to get this many active minutes, trying to get in your resistance training, all this kind of stuff. It's okay to rest. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, learning that balance because it's easy to get obsessed and I don't want to be obsessed, you know, so. It is, it is. And okay. I've got one last question for you. Um, what happens like, you know, we all have these times and I know you've had some times recently where things get us off schedule. Mm -hmm. Life happens. Mm -hmm. So when that happens to you, are you in a place now where it doesn't bother you? Like it's a relax. You're like, I know I'll get back there. So kind of, you know, so like, um, well, for one thing is, you know, I, my shoulder was bothering me when we started this and I had kind of chalked it up to old age and, you know, I was not doing anything about it. I was kind of working around it, but that did cut into my schedule. So I've gotten physical therapy. My shoulder is almost completely rehabilitated now. Nice. I was again, underestimating physical therapy, thinking, what could they really do with this thing? But they did a big thing. Well, then my knee started hurting the other day. And so I'm now working with them on my knee and the doctor, I talked to the doctor about it. So she wrote the authorization and it's not a big thing. My knee is not a big thing, but it's going to get done. So I had to think I could have stopped, you know, I could have stopped walking, but I, now I'm doing the elliptical in the gym. I can bike. I just can't go out and walk on concrete for a while until I get this problem fixed. But so one of it is, I'm not, I'm not getting thrown off because I'm finding different ways to do things. But like this week, my schedule is on Thursday, all day long, I'm at the George Bush library. I arranged an outing with my retiree group to go to the George Bush library. It's all day. We leave at eight. You know, we're not going to get back till after six. I'm not doing anything that day unless maybe I go stretch or something in the evening. That's okay. The next day, there's a big family gathering. I'm going to do very little on Friday. It, you know, that's two days in a row. I'll probably get something done on Friday, but then it's okay. I'm looking ahead and go, okay, well, then that means on Wednesday, I need to make that a good day. And on Saturday, I mean, make that a good day. So, so long as I look, I can't have a fixed schedule. It's just too hard. I'm taking care of a sick baby today. It, it's not the day I planned, you know, but I'm still figuring out how to do stuff. So um, I think I'm just flexible. I'm not like, it has to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know, I can have a couple of rest days and they may end up not being the days that I thought they were going to be. But I, I'm not relaxed about just skipping for a week. I would would not do that, you know. So you just said something that's so, so profound. It's the idea of having flexibility. Mm -hmm. Because if we have to have perfection in our schedules, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Like yeah. life is just trotting by. And, and so figuring out the flexibility and figuring out like, like you just said, you know, if you've got Thursday and Friday are going to be off this off the table, then you just dial it up a little bit on Wednesday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, 
Let me, I, okay. I said I had one last question, but I've got one more question after this. People don't believe me when I say this. So I want them to, to listen to you. When you had the shoulder problem uh-huh. and when you had the knee problem, were those exactly your shoulder and your knees? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, no, the knee, as it turns out, surprisingly, are my glutes. So I have been working out in the gym and I've developed my quads and I've developed my hamstrings. But what I have failed to do is develop my glutes. glutes. And some of that is form and some of that is intensity. So now I'm having to work on develop my glutes because you, if you do any kind of fast walking, for example, and your glutes aren't involved, then your knee is going to hurt. And so what I was thinking, I was pointing to my knee going, this is what hurts. And they're saying, no, that's not the problem. We've tested it. It's not your knee. It's your glutes. So, and my shoulder, I was like, see right here, this is where it hurts. And see here, I can't go here. And then, um, and then it's not, it's, it's between my shoulder blades back here that's causing the problem. And so, you know, all these, and it's, this needs to be stretched, but the point that I was hurting is not the point that we're working on. So, you know, so I've learned that the body is complex. And even though I'm a nurse and a lot of doctors, we really don't understand how all the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments, how that movement, we know a static picture. We might be able to name the muscles, but we don't understand when it's moving, how one thing leads to another, you know? So I have a new respect for physical therapy. <laughs> right. You know, physical therapists, they, they, they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And it is so strange because, you know, who would think that your knee is actually connected to your butt, but it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. so, and you know, one thing I want to add is that one of the things that drives me is um, I have a family history of dementia. I have a family now, I didn't know it, but I have a family history of two, my closest relatives have cancer. And yet I worked in a place where a cancer hospital, where they started talking about 10 years ago that they used to talk almost like a lot about genetics. And now they're saying it's only about 30% genetics and the rest is your lifestyle and your environment. And so, and then they started talking about legitimately the best researchers are focusing on this, what you can do to prevent that. And then they'll say, not only does it prevent cancer, it prevents this cardiovascular issues. It, it can reduce your, your chance of getting dementia, even if you have the dementia gene. And so a lot of me of this for me is cancer prevention. And then also I notice as I get older that so many people have a negative, uh, such a fear of getting older. And I will say this has really been a great time for me of incredible freedom, Uh, many more friends. I'm a nicer person. I take better care of myself. I have more energy. Um, And so I I like being, I like letting people know this can be a really nice time of life. You know, it does not have to be a time of great loss. Now, someday you die, but I mean, in between there, you can have years of, of great life and you can't control for sure how that all turns out, but you can do your part, you know, and I feel like I'm, doing my part that you are doing your part and thank you for adding that because it is true that research is just showing more and more and more that you it's not a you're not a death sentence if you've got this in your family mm-hmm. if you're doing your part to take care of yourself right. you know? yeah 
So thank you. So anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Because I just like everything you've done, I'm so impressed by, and I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you getting on and just chatting with everybody, but anything else you'd like to wrap up? Yeah. My vanity is that I got in a bathing suit the other day and I looked good. Cool. I actually looked good. Like I haven't put on a baby bathing suit in 40 years and looked in the mirror and thought, I'll walk out in front of anybody in this bathing suit. You know, I'm wow. not, I'll prance through the thing in this bathing suit. I'm not hiding. I'm not wrapping up with a cover. I'm just fine. And that's, you know, and I mean, it's not like I'm, it's not like I have the perfect body, but there was nothing I was embarrassed about. There was not one thing I felt like I needed to cover up about. I thought for a 72 year old woman, I, I look good. You know, I have muscle definition. I, I don't have to suck in my gut. It's just kind of naturally sucked in now. I'm my, arms are toned, my legs are toned. And I thought, oh my God, I'm really, I think I wouldn't have done it at 40. I wouldn't have done it at 50. And um, it's not that my body's perfect. It's not that my weight is perfect. Um, You know, it's, I still have some visceral fat, but it's less than it was because you got me to do that body index. I'm, you know, composition index. I'm really working on that, but I was relaxed. I was at ease. I could enjoy the activity because I wasn't consumed with how to avoid being seen in a bathing suit. So that was nice. Oh, okay. I have nothing else to say. That is the perfect way to wrap up this podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, well, thank you because really I asked, and I don't, this is not advertising. It's just truth. Um, I absolutely would not have gotten to the point where I feel comfortable moving, um, eating, being around people, feeling self-acceptance and it doesn't mean I don't want to improve, but I just, I'm comfortable and I know I still want to improve um, if it hadn't been for my connection with you, you know, and it started years ago with you. You were just incredible. I mean, the way you'll get me, you go, okay, you can be an athlete and, and I'm going to show you how to, why are you not biking? Okay. You're afraid you're fall. You're afraid you're going to clip in. You got out with me and you, you know, and you taught me how to clip in and out. We just kept doing it a bunch of times. And then you got me to go and get fitted for a bike. You helped me fit, you know, pick out my bike. And now I'm a, a confident cyclist and I do a lot of volunteer work, helping developing trails. You know, that's all. It started such a long time ago. And I think that's what people realize. It's not always overnight. Things build on top of things. But having an inspirational, knowledgeable figure in your life makes a big difference. So, well, thank you, Kay. I am so, so blessed. Thank you. Thank you again so much for listening today. I truly appreciate the opportunity to connect. If you're ready to incorporate fitness consistency into your life, I'd love to help. I have a special gift for you. If it's a struggle to stay consistent with your fitness and you're ready for all the energy, vitality, and feeling great you can have, go to my website, fitisfreedom.com, and on the homepage, you can get a free copy of my Consistency is Key Masterclass, plus a fitness plan you can follow along with, guaranteed to get you started on your path to being fit and free forever.